in Florida Aggie Review for the week ending January 10th. What would a week be without reports on the progress of the Farm Bill? This week is no different. We begin the week with reports from Julie McPeak and Tyron Spearman on the Farm Bill. Whether it is for research funding, resolution of the WTO cotton case, or just the certainty to plant crops, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack notes that it is definitely time for a new farm bill. There seems to be a growing consensus that the long-awaited farm bill will finally come to fruition this month. As Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack notes, it's definitely time. The countryside's been quite patient with Congress in terms of getting its work done, but hopefully this is the month that it gets done. And frankly, if we don't get it done, uh, there are obviously some adverse consequences that could occur uh, in terms of implementing the permanent agricultural law and the impact it would have on consumers. So uh, a lot of good reasons to get it done and get it done now. Vilsack also notes that several of those reasons have direct implications for the growers right here in the southeast as research funding is needed for devastating diseases such as citrus greening, and whatever program comes out of the commodity title needs to satisfy the terms of the WTO cotton case with Brazil. But at the same time, we want to be able to make sure that cotton growers, peanut growers, rice growers, all producers uh, know what the rules are. They, they will be able to succeed. America can uh, compete against any producer in the world. American farmers can compete against anybody. But they got to know what the rules are, and they got to know what the program is going to be. And, and that uncertainty has made, I think, a lot of producers hesitate to invest, hesitate to expand, hesitate to continue to, to do what they're doing. And so uh, it, it's, it's time. And I think we need to raise the expectation that we've had enough talk, enough delay. The time is now to get this done. But of course, several key issues still remain unresolved. So stay tuned and log on to southeastagnet.com as we will continue to follow the ongoing saga of the Farm Bill. There is some movement being made on the farm bill, as Tyron Spearman has the latest. Officials in Washington have set a meeting on Thursday, January the 9th, to begin the final approval of a compromised farm bill. This could be the final process in getting the farm bill moving. The new farm bill is projected to reduce the deficit about $20 billion over the next 10 years, and that could play a role in the big issue of the day in Washington, the potential offset for a pending three-month jobless benefits extension. One official said there are still many compromises to be made in the bills, but a conference report is expected this week in Washington. And Randall Wiseman finishes off the Farm Bill reports. Livestock producers across the country are hoping to get disaster assistance back in effect. And that is one reason why Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack hopes we get a new farm bill soon. All of agriculture continues to wait for a new five-year farm bill, as while there is some movement taking place in Congress, the finish line is still not technically in sight. And with the various weather issues different parts of the country have experienced over the past year, livestock producers are sure hoping to get disaster assistance back into effect. And that is one main reason why Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack hopes we get one soon. I'll tell you, livestock producers have confronted everything from too little rain to too much rain to too much snow to too cold temperatures to too warm temperatures. I mean, the, the whole gamut of weather-related issues have affected the livestock industry, and the reality is we've not had the disaster program since September of 2011 to help those folks out. And one of the things I'm looking forward to with the passage of a farm bill is, is the resumption of those disaster programs so we can provide help and assistance. The longer we wait to get this done, the greater the stress is on those operators, and the reality is that some of them are on a bubble here. Uh, we've got to get this done to be able to keep them in business. Vilsack said there are other issues of importance to livestock producers, including expanding market opportunities both here and abroad. You can hear more in-depth interviews on the Farm Bill on our website at southeastagdebt.com. We move from the Farm Bill to beef quality assurance programs. 
in this week's BQA Quality Report, brought to you by your state and national beef quality assurance programs, Dr. Todd Thrift with the University of Florida IFAS talks about the many aspects of being BQA certified. In our weekly BQA Quality Report, brought to you by your state and national beef quality assurance programs, Dr. Todd Thrift with the University of Florida IFAS is working to help cattle producers become aware of the benefits of being BQA certified. There's a lot of producers out there that have gone through the program, and it, I think they realize the benefit of it. It's just getting their eyes open to maybe things they haven't thought about in the past, whether it's maybe a residue potential in a cow uh, from maybe spraying some herbicide on a pasture or whether it's placement of an injection site of a calf, all of those kinds of things are uh, very important. And there is another aspect of BQA that Thrift said is well worth the effort of becoming certified. The real highlight of beef quality assurance is the record keeping that goes along with that. I think that's the critical part that a lot of our producers ignore. It's not the fun part of being in the beef cattle business, but it's the real critical part that BQA brings to the forefront. Get to know your beef quality assurance program by visiting bqa.org, funded by the Beef Checkoff. Immigration reform has fallen under the shadow of another government issue, health care. Well, for those keeping a close eye on immigration reform, it seems that it's fallen under the shadow of another government issue, health care. As Brendan Buck, spokesman for House Speaker John Boehner, said that if the health care issue teaches any lesson, it's that big policy challenges should be addressed deliberatively and one step at a time. But Obama Press Secretary Jay Carney refutes that point, saying that immigration and health care are two different systems. Carney also points to the extraordinary efforts going into fixing the health care website issues and says it would be true of immigration reform as well adding that the issue isn't in the end how the process is, but the process is performed in service of the legislation and the goal. The Tri-State Water War continues, as Alabama and Florida have declined to sign a memorandum of understanding that would prevent water use information that is being shared through a collaborative process from being used in court. Yet another chapter in the saga of the ongoing Tri-State Water War, the governors of Alabama and Florida are declining to sign a confidentiality agreement. The agreement was requested by a group called the ACF Stakeholders, who has spent four years developing a sustainable water use plan in hopes to allow the states to resolve their differences quicker than with a continued court fight. The group had asked all three states to sign a memorandum of understanding that would prevent information that is being shared through the collaborative process from being used in a lawsuit. But attorneys for Florida Governor Rick Scott and Alabama Governor Robert Bentley have sent letters announcing that those states will not sign the agreement. A Scott spokeswoman said the agreement was declined because of pending litigation in which Florida has sued Georgia and the U.S. Supreme Court to decide on allocation of water use, saying that unrestrained water use in Georgia is threatening the seafood industry in the Apalachicola Bay. Without the signing of the agreement, the group has said they will continue working on its plan, but will do so in closed meetings. On this first commissioner spotlight of the new year, Florida's Commissioner of Agriculture, Adam Putnam, talks about what he considers to be the most significant long-term challenge facing the state of Florida, water. We are using water faster than Mother Nature can replenish it. I'm talking with Florida's Commissioner of Agriculture, Adam Putnam. Commissioner, you have long said that water is the most significant long-term challenge facing the state of Florida. I have, I think, in almost every speech for the last three years. You know, a healthy water supply is essential to Florida's future. Whether you want to build a subdivision, plant an orange grove, or save the Everglades, it comes down to water. We rely heavily on groundwater to meet the needs of businesses and residents, as well as agriculture, but we're using it faster than Mother Nature can replenish it. Even in rainy years like this one, we have to find ways to grow our water supply. 
We should pursue alternative water supplies like reuse and reclaimed water. We should also invest more in water collection and storage. We must work together and be proactive as we consider new water sources, innovative technologies, and conservation measures for rural and urban residents alike. Thanks, Commissioner Putnam. For Commissioner Spotlight, I'm Frost Burke. Producers interested in signing up for USDA's Conservation Stewardship Program have a little more time to do so, as that sign-up period for 2014 funding has been extended to February 7th of 2014. Well, established conservation stewards interested in taking their level of natural resources management to the next level have a little more time to do so. Conservation Stewardship Program, better known as CSP, the deadline has been extended to February the 7th, 2014. That's Odessa Armstrong, Conservation Program Specialist for the Natural Resources Conservation Service here in Florida, who gives us a bit more details about the USDA program. The CSP is a voluntary conservation program that encourages producers to address resource concerns by undertaking additional conservation activities, improving, maintaining, and managing existing conservation practices, And Armstrong notes that a farmer can determine their eligibility through a quick and easy process. They can find out whether they're eligible by downloading and filling out the conservation stewardship self-screening checklist. And it have a list of questions on it about their land and what resources they have out there. And they can get it off the NRCS website or they can contact their local NRCS office. To find that self-screening checklist online, just log on to the NRCS website at nrcs.usda.gov and look under Financial Assistance for the Conservation Stewardship Program link. And again, that new deadline for 2014 CSB funding is now February 7th. Ashley Hughes says 2014 is going to be a really promising year for the Florida Beef Council. They especially are looking forward to working with new aspects of their marketing plan. 2014 underway, the Florida Beef Council is excited about the events and promotions they'll be working with from the recently approved beef marketing plan. Ashley Hughes said this year's plan includes some new things. We are looking into new relationships with different types of people, such as uh, doctors, oncology doctors who deal with cancer patients. We're looking at food bloggers, people who really have a connection to consumers. And we want to be able to establish these relationships and get a good word out there about beef. The 2014 marketing plan includes a variety of specific ways they will be working with these folks, which in turn will help get the beef message out to consumers. So we're looking at some different ways to stay tuned to see how all of these events turn out. And we're really looking forward to what 2014 can hold for beef promotion in the state of Florida. Ashley said 2014 is going to be a really promising year for the Florida Beef Council. For more information about this year's beef marketing plan, contact their office in Kissimmee. We close this week with Everett Greiner telling us why the FFA is a national name of pride. You know, I could only keep up with the national FFA convention by watching events that were on television. Although my business was of a different nature, I used to be in Kansas City every year when the FFA national convention was held. But you know, That's in the later part of FFA. It begins as early as the seventh grade, and it's always a part of the rest of their lives. It teaches lessons not offered anywhere else. It's not just future farmers, it's future living. There's competition, of course, at all levels, in agriculture, in the arts, in management, you name it. But if you had to condense it into one factor, you could say FFA teaches character. And, of course, with character comes opportunity. And that blue jacket, 
Oh, it's a treasured possession for anybody who wears it. FFA, Future Farmers of America. Don't forget. Remember, you can find these stories along with all the big Southeast Agriculture reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Daniel Lee with Southeast Agnet's podcast.